0: The Chicago Blackhawks get smoked four to nothing by the Colorado Avalanche. I'll go over how this happened, my biggest takeaways from the game, and what we learned from the five game road trip. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. Here to start off your day, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can give me a follow on whatever that app's called these days at Jack Bushman 2 or you can go follow my strictly Blackhawks account at talk and hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And as always, please make sure to go show, go show some support. If you haven't done so already go and smash that like button down below, comment as to your biggest takeaway from the Blackhawks five-game road trip here to open up the season. And, of course, subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by Game Time. Go and download the Game Time app right now and use the promo code NHL in all caps, and you can get $20 off to sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Well, that wasn't very fun for those of you who stayed up late along with me to watch the Blackhawks last night. I certainly feel your pain. 4 nothing loss for the Blackhawks last night in a 9.30 p.m. Central time puck drop that was actually more like 9.45. I don't know, something like that, thanks to Uh, A college football game, really appreciate that ESPN. Another home opener that the Blackhawks' uh, opposition is going through. The Blackhawks, of course, have their own home opener then on Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. And while I am sure they're excited to have their own home opener and get back to playing in the UC and actually have fans cheering for them for once, uh, it's been a while since they've been at the UC, Um, I'm sure they're also looking forward to just having a, a normal game start at a normal time um, but for the third consecutive year the Chicago Blackhawks were taking on the Colorado Avalanche in their home opener and for the third consecutive year it sure was ugly as I mentioned a 4 nothing loss last night the Blackhawks were dominated for basically the entirety of the game except for the opening 10 minutes they did come out with a, a good fight and actually had some good pace under their legs but as soon as they gave up that shorthanded breakaway goal to Logan O'Connor that gave Colorado seemingly all the juice in a blink of an eye and things started to get out of hand. Ryan Johansson went on to add a power play goal there late in the first period to double the Avs' lead. That was actually the first power play goal that the Blackhawks penalty kill had given up this year. And they were just in survival mode to get out of that first period. And I was just hoping that, you know, maybe the start of the second period was going to look more so like the start of the first, but that couldn't be further from the truth. The Colorado Avalanche swarm was Uh, Basically nonstop the rest of the way, the Hawks were stuck in their own end, couldn't get the puck out, way too many turnovers, um, constantly under siege. It was not a pretty look for the Blackhawks in those final 40 minutes. Not good statistics, not good analytics. I think they mustered up a whopping 10 shots on goal in the final 40 minutes. Uh, it was not pretty whatsoever. It honestly could have been worse than it even was. The abs only added one more goal in the second and one in the third, they wind up taking this one four to nothing that drops the Blackhawks down to uh two, three and O here in the early going of the 2023, 2024 regular season, their first shutout loss, but it could have been much more, much worse than that. It, it was really that bad. Um, Not a whole lot going right for the Blackhawks in the final 40 minutes. And the thing that I asked myself after the game was, okay, how did this happen? And the conclusion that I came to was it was probably a combination of a couple of things, right? First off, uh, the Colorado Avalanche are absolutely terrifying. That is a very scary team. And um, it's just one of those nights where it felt like once they got the juice flowing, they got the fans on their side. Uh, even without Gabriel Landis cog this team just has speed up and down their lineup a ton of skill and they find ways to absolutely take over games and every time we play the Colorado Avalanche and this goes on to happen it's seemingly is like a reminder to us Blackhawks fans of what we're trying to build here what we're trying to be when we feel like we have everything in the right spot and all the pieces together to open up that competitive window once again that's kind of kind of the team we're trying to strive to be one day down the road is the team that plays with a lot of puck possession, has a ton of speed up and down the lineup, a ton of guys that can go and make plays and uh, can just dominate the puck all night long. And that's just what ended up happening to the Blackhawks last night. So that was probably my first, uh, the symptom of a 4-0 loss was the Colorado Avalanche were simply just way better than they were. And it was also their home opener, right? They were 3-0-0 on the road to kick off the year, excited to go back in their own building. And like the Blackhawks will be on Saturday, excited to hear their own fans cheering for them. And they got off to a little bit of a sluggish start in the first half of uh, the opening period. But once they got that shorthanded goal from Logan O'Connor, like I said, the floodgates basically started to open. I also think the Blackhawks being at the end of their five-game whirlwind of a road trip where not only were they going up against a gauntlet of a schedule, but they were also all over the place from the East, Pittsburgh, and Boston, then moving up into Canada to take on the Canadians and the Maple Leafs, and then they have to go way back down into the United States and to Colorado before heading back to Chicago. I know Nick Foligno said after the game, there's absolutely no excuses The, the road trip shouldn't impact us this poorly and we shouldn't get manhandled like we did. And I appreciate that. And I like to hear Nick Felino saying that, but at the same point in time, it probably did play a factor for the Blackhawks, right? Just going through so much travel and a tough slate to begin the season. I'm sure that had to play at least a little bit of an impact, but I do think the Avalanche being just outright better than they were was, was the biggest one. Um, and then also I just think these types of games are going to happen considering the young roster that the Blackhawks are yielding. I mean, there's a lot of inexperience there and a lot of learning to be done. And that's kind of the name of the game this season, right? And that's why I think it's just a reminder of don't get too high in the wins. Don't get too low into the losses. I've called this a runway year for the Blackhawks for a reason, because they don't have really any pieces signed on long-term. They're really just trying to figure out what these young guys have in store and what we kind of can build off of this year moving forward and take that next step of the rebuild. And sometimes when you go through these uh, bumps in the road, you um, You're going to learn a lot, and that's really what the biggest takeaway has to be from the Blackhawks. These things are going to happen with this young team. It's how you respond to it, right? And that's going to be a storyline throughout the course of the season because, like I said, these things uh, tend to be happening. This is a young team that is going to learn, but sometimes uh, when you're going through those learning experiences, sometimes you mess around and find out, and that's what happened last night against a really good Colorado Avalanche bunch. I've been giving out three stars of the game for the Blackhawks through each of their games here to open up the season. Quite honestly, it was pretty hard to put three stars together here. But number one, undoubtedly, this was the easy one. Peter morazic was the showstopper for the Blackhawks last night. And it'll get swept under the rug a little bit in a blowout, ugly type of loss that it was. But without Peter morazic it could have been 8, 9, 10 to nothing. I don't know. The Avalanche were playing Slapshot Regatta all night long. And Peter morazic was just as good, if not better, than he was in his first two starts to kick off the season here. Wound up stopping 37 of the 41 shots that he faced, also stopped 10 of 13 high danger chances. And he looks like a guy who's certainly trying to prove something to prove that not only that he can still be an NHLer after a lot of injury issues and just inconsistencies these last few seasons. Uh, he's off to a really solid start and looking like he could still be a starter in this league. Consistency, like I said, is going to be the battle, but good to see Peter Mrazek off to a strong start this season. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks wasted a really sturdy performance of his last night. The second star of the game, I'm just going to give it to the entire Blackhawks vet line of Nick Felino, Jason Dickinson, and Corey Perry. They were really the only line that got the better of their opposition and the only ones that uh, put up positive analytical numbers they led 7 to 3 in shot attempts 7 to 2 in shots on goal uh 5 to 1 in scoring chances and 3 to 1 in high danger chances at 5 on 5 and had an expected goals four percentage of 80.72 so good things continue to happen from that vet line um it's been solid and it's been much needed, but unfortunately when uh, you don't muster up anything offensively, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit as well. And then I struggled to put a third star out there, but I'm just going to give it to Taylor Radish because outside of the veteran line, the second line of Taylor, uh, Tyler Johnson, Lucas Reichel and Taylor Radish was the second best for the Blackhawks. Although that's not really saying all that much. Um, Blackhawks were pretty quiet offensively as a whole, especially in those last two periods, but the second line did do some good things offensively. Taylor Radish and Lucas Reichel had a couple of good opportunities. Radish finished the game with two shots on goal and was one of the only forwards that uh, wasn't on the ice for uh, an avalanche goal. So, you can tell it was a tough night and the type of night that it was when I'm struggling to put together a third star of the game for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, a blowout loss, one to one to wash away for sure at the end of the road trip. Time to head back to Chicago, hopefully uh, just turn the tides and got to be ready to go because the Vegas Golden Knights are off to a hot start as they defend their Stanley Cup 5-0-0 as the tough sledding continues for the Blackhawks, despite finally getting back to the UC for a home game. All right, I'll be getting into some of my other takeaways from this game last night out in Colorado in just a moment when the show returns. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I highly recommend checking it out because I've personally used game time for well before they were an ad read for the show. I've been using them for probably about a decade, and it's always been the cheapest and the easiest way for me to attend all the sport games, regardless of whether that's the Blackhawks, the Cubs, uh, the Bears. I've used it for soccer games, and I've also used it to go see sporting events when I'm in other cities. I highly recommend you go and download the Game Time app right now. And also, if you create an account, you can use the promo code NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, you can get $20 off to come and see Connor Bedard at the United Center this season by downloading the GameTime app and using the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL. Last-minute ticket deals, lowest price guaranteed, GameTime. I also need to talk to you all about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride-or-die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and also level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. Plus, with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back. So, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and to bring home that win. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below your biggest takeaway from the Blackhawks five-game road trip to kick things off this season. Subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and also please go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. I've been posting a lot of cool Blackhawks-related content, some cool Connor Bedard photos and videos, and also just some clips right here from the show. Again, please go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. Segment two did want to get into a, a few other takeaways that I had from the Blackhawks for nothing loss. I know it was a lot of bad, but there were still things that we can digest and kind of talk about a little bit and, and evaluate as we are still in the early parts of the season and learning a lot about this Blackhawks team. My first takeaway, though, is. The three keys to victory that I outlined for the Blackhawks in my preview. If you listen to that episode, you know, Peter Morazic, that was one of my keys. If he was in net, um, or we knew he was going to be in net, the question was wh- whether Alexander Georgiev was going to be in net for the fourth consecutive game for Colorado to kick off the season. He was by the way, and my key was, if he was in net, that Peter Morazic had to get the better of him. I know Morazic let four get by him, but he was the better goalie in this game, even though Georgiev wound up with the shutout Um, But the other keys to victory that I outlined did not go well for the Blackhawks. I mentioned that the power play needed to build off getting their first goal of the season on Monday in Toronto. Not only did they not convert and the power play looked atrocious all night long, the Colorado Avalanche penalty kill, by the way, still 100% on the season, and they now have two shorthanded goals, which is pretty gosh darn impressive. But yeah, the Blackhawks gave up their second one of the season to Colorado, or Colorado's second shorthanded goal of the season, I guess I should say. Uh, And that completely turned the tides of the game. So yeah, not very good night from the Blackhawks in the special teams department. The top unit on the man advantage just absolutely has to get something done. Um, And I get it that it's been, you know, Connor Bedard's coming to this team and obviously he's got it. It's going to take some time for him to establish chemistry. Taylor Radish is a new or Taylor Radish. Taylor Hall, excuse me, is a new piece. Corey Perry is a new piece. There's a whole lot of, again, learning to be done here, but, Still, they're too talented to have no power play goals in the first five games of the season and to get dominated the way that they did. Uh, Really bad pass from Ryan Donato to give up that shorthanded goal, by the way. I believe the top unit, yeah, the top unit was on the ice for that one. Don't know if Ryan Donato should be a guy on the top power play unit, even though I, I do think he's played all right on the top line so far. Um, that power play has to figure something out because it's been backbreaking for the Blackhawks in the early going. Uh, and my other key to victory was to hold the studs to not allow them to take over the game. And while the final score will show you and the stats will show you that they didn't take over the game, Tomash Tatar was actually the only member of the Avalanche that had a multi-point night. And I said, if you hold McKinnon, Rantanen, Makar, if you don't let them have multi-point nights, you will probably be in the game well, they didn't have multi-point nights, but they certainly generated enough chances to have two, three, four points in the game. Uh, again, Peter Morazic really made this thing not look as ugly as it truly could have been. Um, but yeah, the Blackhawks didn't do a good job of... The, the snowball effect really took over there in the second period. And once the Avalanche got the juice on their side, uh, it never left them. And the Blackhawks really kind of let Miku Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon and a lot of other players kind of do whatever they wanted out there. They hit a bunch of posts. Peter Morazic robbed him a bunch of times. Uh, Can't let that happen. Expect good outcomes to be the result. Also got to talk about Connor Bedard. It was really the first time that we have seen the kids struggle at the NHL level. And the first time where his line didn't get the better of the opposition's tough top line and he wound up with not only no shots on goal for the first time this year, but zero shot attempts. Connor Bedard was kind of a ghost out there for the Blackhawks. Now, that was just kind of a result of the Avs absolutely dominating, but it's the first time we've really seen this kid struggle. And while he is still getting the scoring chances and leads the NHL in five-on-five scoring chances so far, he's still struggled with getting the finished product. And, you know, the question now is how does Connor Bedard respond? And there's going to be bumps in the road. It wasn't all going to be smooth sailing for the kid at 18 years old, going into a grown man's league, right? These things are going to happen. We know he has the skill to thrive, but there's going to be adversity. There's going to be tough times. And now the question is, how does Connor Bedard respond to it? Personally, I'm not concerned whatsoever. I do feel like good things are going to come, but still part of being a rookie is figuring it all out and Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders right now, and he wants to succeed. How does he take these next steps in doing so after uh, the Blackhawks' worst loss here of the season? And also just the growing pains of the uh, of an entire young team. How do they respond as a bunch? Because I think one thing that Luke Richardson has done really good since taking over is he hasn't let things get out of hand in terms of like a huge losing streak. Going back to Jeremy Colliton's senior as the Blackhawks' head coach, How many times did we see the Blackhawks lose eight games in a row? I believe they had two eight-game losing streaks in a row. Maybe it was during the COVID-shortened 2021 season even. I mean, there were so many times where things went from bad to worse for this Blackhawks team. And again, these nights where they're going up against some of the top teams in the NHL, this is going to happen. But it's about how they learn to respond from that, the adversity throughout the course of the season. And one thing that actually got talked about on the broadcast of this game was the Blackhawks youngsters. uh, Sorry, Kevin Korchinski, Connor Bedard, Lucas Reichel. I think it was Wyatt Kaiser who was out there as well. They were out on the ice for an extra like 30 minutes, an hour after practice ended. And Corey Perry had to come say, hey kids, (laughs) true dad moment here from Corey Perry. Hey kids, come on, you're holding up the bus. But he was more so also expressing concern of like, you don't want to wear yourself out. We got 82 games to go here. And that's all part of the learning process as well. So again, just a whole lot of learning for this Blackhawks group this season, but curious to see how they respond as the schedule, as I've mentioned, does not get any easier despite them going home. Um, I also think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not, if Philip Kershev is healthy, is there going to be a switch up in the Blackhawks second line? And when he was healthy, he was skating mostly with Uh, Andreas Athanasiu and Lucas Reichel. And Athanasiu, we really haven't seen in the top six consistently all that much through the first five games. So something to keep an eye on moving forward. I do think uh, the Lucas Reichel line has created some opportunities, but they need to get the finished product at some point in time. And I just wonder if Luke Richardson, uh, if he's going to put Khrushchev back there and how he's going to go about everything um, if he is healthy when the Blackhawks return home. And with that being said as well, I think it's interesting to see that Cole Gutman was a healthy scratch for the second consecutive game. When I went over my preview of the Blackhawks lineup, I said, I I feel like they don't want to be scratching Gutman all that often. And while scratching him back-to-back games, admittedly, like I said, isn't the end of the world. They don't want to be doing that all too often. And I feel like, Saturday against Vegas. Gutman has to be back in the lineup, in my opinion, after how things went in Colorado. And if I'm guessing if someone is coming out, it would have to be Boris Kachuk in my mind. Um, I I think Mackenzie Whistle has earned the spot over him at this point in time. But another thing to keep an eye on for the Blackhawks game on Saturday against Vegas, will Cole Gutman draw back in after being scratched for the second consecutive game? All right, coming up in just a moment here, don't go anywhere, Blackhawks fans, because I'm going to get into what we learned and the biggest takeaways from the five-game road trip here to open up the season. But first, I need to talk to you all real quick about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. Will the Vegas Golden Knights reign supreme once again? I love the NHL. I love hockey. And I know all of you out there do as well. And that's why I'm here to tell you all about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you have the chance to win a hundred times your cash on daily fantasy. And the NHL has literally never been more exciting and filled with more superstars, such as Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Chicago's own Connor Bedard. And all you have to do with Sleeper is simply select more or less based on the stats listed, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And Sleeper offers you 100 times your cash. So start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win big right now. And entries can be made in under 30 seconds, and Sleeper is live in 28-plus states. And right now, if you use the promo code Locked On NHL in all caps, you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's Locked On NHL in all caps. And go and see Sleeper's Terms of Use right now for more details. All right, segment three. With the Blackhawks finally heading back to Chicago, I believe they arrived at around 3.30 in the morning central time following that loss to the Colorado Avalanche. I did want to be sure to discuss what we learned from the Blackhawks during this gauntlet of a road trip, as well as the biggest takeaways from it. And I think, number one, you have to you have to figure that a 2-3-0 and start based on who the Blackhawks were playing on the road to open up the season, I think you have to look at it as a great start because – at least for me, if you would have told me after that last preseason game going into the start of the regular season that the Hawks would have lost to the Montreal Canadiens and still come out with a 2-3-0 record to start off the season, I would have been undoubtedly happy with it. To think that they split their games between uh, Pittsburgh, Boston, Toronto, and Colorado, all four of those being on the road, they won two of those that's pretty darn good. And I think the biggest thing we learned from this Blackhawks team here in the early going is that they're going to play with a lot of heart. They're going to play with a lot of tenacity. And if they play up to the best of their abilities, they really can hang in there with anyone. And it's kind of crazy how it feels like we are capable of doing that nowadays. Like, There there were times, yes, few and far between in the last couple of years where they'd go out there and, and hang with a good bunch, but it really does feel like they're in a spot now where they can consistently go and do that. Again, these types of losses are still going to happen, and I'll talk about that more here in a second. From the most part, we know that the Blackhawks are a team that will go out there and give their best effort night in and night out, and that's something we can always hang our hats on. So I think that's the biggest takeaway from this first five game road trip is that the Blackhawks are a fighting bunch and they're showing a lot of promise and don't sleep on them. If you're an opposing team, because if you think it's going to be a cakewalk, they will surprise you. Um, At the same time though, like I said, there are undoubtedly going to be growing pains with this bunch. Uh, Connor Bedard, as I've outlined, yes, he's gotten a lot of scoring chances, but still hasn't figured out how, to get that finished product. Same with Lucas Reichel. You know he's shown his flashes from time to time. And then with a young decor, basically the whole left side for the Blackhawks right now: Alex Vlasic, Kevin Korczynski, Wyatt Kaiser. They're all rookies. It's a very young decor for the Chicago Blackhawks. There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, but that's to be expected. And it's all about how you respond, how you handle that adversity throughout the course of a regular season. That's really what you what you're trying to have them learn and what you're trying to have them experience this season. And that's why I've called it a runway type of campaign. And with that being said, it's also clear from the get-go how massive the additions of Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, and Nick Felino have been not only off the ice and showing these guys what it's like to be pros and how to handle that adversity throughout the course of the season. Um, but being, you know, the, the vet line has been absolutely phenomenal and has been, Uh, much needed additions offensively from the bottom six. They've scored some big time goals and they've also uh, Corey Perry's added some things to the power play. I know they haven't gotten the finished product, but I do think eventually good things are going to come from him in that spot. Nick Foligno has been a big part of the penalty kill. They've been out there standing up for guys, setting the tone in the early going and, the Blackhawks really, really needed to bring in some veteran presence for this team for a lot of different reasons. And Nick Foligno, Corey Perry, and Taylor Hall have all really made their presence felt and shown their impacts through these first five games. Glad to have all three of them with the Chicago Blackhawks right now because they've all meant a lot in different ways, which has been pretty cool to see. Uh, And then another thing that we've kind of learned through these first five games is that the Blackhawks look like they're going to struggle at the faceoff. Connor Bedard is currently one of the worst in the NHL, Lucas Reichel has gone through his struggles as well. And that's just going to be a symptom of letting these young guys play down the middle early on. Right. And I've talked a lot about how I do think it's a good idea from the organization to give these guys opportunities to try and prove themselves at center. And again, if it doesn't work out, they have a lot of depth in the organization. So they're not going to be worried about it. You still have Frank Nazar, who's probably, uh, if things go well for him in Michigan going to be making the jump to pro hockey after his sophomore season, Oliver Moore, I think he'll probably play two years of college hockey. If I had to guess at the very least, but someone the Blackhawks are excited about down the middle as well in a slew of other forward prospects. So um, that's just going to be a result of having these young guys trying to figure out the face off. is something that a lot of young players struggle with early on in their NHL career. Sidney Crosby, one of the better faceoff men in the league nowadays really struggled at that area when he first came into the league. But with this being the case, um, the Blackhawks, there's going to be a kind of a collision where Luke Richardson is going to have to make a decision. We're just going to be one of the worst faceoff teams in the league, or he's going to have to make a change one way or another, though. He is going to have to make a decision on that matter. Another big takeaway from these first five games, I know he's only made a start in two of them, but Arvid Soderblom. Sure looks more than ready to be a full-time NHLer. he's been spectacular as he was throughout the preseason as well. And I also think he's kind of at least in his last outing against uh, the Maple Leafs, he was really, really solidified in his net did a good job of cutting down angles and was just a little bit more consistent in his positioning and not losing the net as frequently and not being as scrambly out there. I've been really impressed From not only Arvid Soder 1, but the entire Blackhawks goaltending department here, Peter Morazic has been phenomenal as well. Again, a tragedy that we couldn't give him a better effort uh, last night against the Colorado Avalanche. But that's going to be an interesting dynamic as well uh, because if Peter Peter Morazic his foot slips off the gas at all. Arvid Soderblom looks like he's ready to come and take that job and possibly be a starter. I know it's a small sample size, but he's shown a lot of good things in the preseason and here early on in the regular season as well. And then all in all Blackhawks fans, there's just going to be a lot of ups and downs with this team and don't get too high with the highs. Don't get too low with the lows. It's all a learning process. Just enjoy the ride because this certainly is going to be the most fun Blackhawks team that we've watched in years. Yes, there are going to be blowout losses. That's going to happen with a young roster, but there's also going to be times where they show a lot of promise. And we've seen those moments from Connor Bedard, from Lucas Reichel, even though the stats don't show it. Kevin Korczynski has looked awesome at times. Alex Vlasic has been a true shutdown defenseman through the first five games of the season. Arvid Soderblom has shown us why the Blackhawks feel like he could be their future netminder. I mean, there's a lot of exciting reasons to watch the Chicago Blackhawks team, even though there are still going to be some tum- lo- tough losses. They're going to surprise you every now and then with a couple of hard fought victories. I think they have the right mindset. I think they have the right mentality. I think Luke Richardson is the right head coach behind the bench, pressing the right buttons and preaching the right things. I think they have a good culture in the locker room. Are they the best team on paper in the NHL? No, they're far from it. But there are a lot of reasons to be excited, not only about this Blackhawks team right here, right now, this season, but also for the direction that they're heading as they take this next step in the full scale rebuild. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show. And please make sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now. Wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube to help your boy pay the bills. And also go and turn on those push notifications so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and follow me on whatever that app's called, at Jack Bushman2. Or you can go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, yes, there will be an episode coming out, a preview of the home opener against the Vegas Golden Knights. But until that comes out, everyone, enjoy your Friday night. And thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.